And welcome to another edition of City Beat TV. My name is Tony Bass, your host. And today we have the splendid pleasure to talk to a lovely young lady. And her name is Dawn McGee. And Dawn, first of all, I want to welcome you to City Beat TV and our magazine and podcast. And I just want to know how you're doing today. Well, thank you for having me. I'm well. Thank you. Right thank now, you. you run a record label. It's called Glow and Gifted League of Writers. And Actually, the, the record label is called Archive Records, and the artist assigned to Archive Records is GLOW, which is the Gifted League of Writers. Thank you for the correction. Yes, sir. Yeah. And you yourself were a recording artist uh, years ago. Years and, ago, yes. Uh, and before there was a little Kim, <laughs> there was a Don McGee. But you were really talented. You were very hot. Matter of fact, I know that you uh, crossed paths with some of the who's who's in the recording business, starting with Puffy and Snoop and on and on and on, and been on probably every major publication at that time, hip-hop publication. And it was, I'm uh, sure, a, a kind of a interesting period in your life because uh, you were on... In that realm, but your mother and father, they were uh, on a whole different wavelength in terms of what they were doing with civil rights and the activism. And I'm just curious is how did they take your decision in that, the path you took in your career? Well, you're so kind, Mr. Bass. Um, I performed under the moniker Risque and um, I would say that my parents were not very happy uh, about that decision. Um, it was, I, I, I went far, far left and they were somewhere in the middle. And uh, they, so they weren't happy about it, but they supported my decision to uh, be my own artist. They just wanted it to be a little bit uh, less explicit. Yeah. And the path that I had chosen for myself as a as an artist um, was not one that was well publicized in my family either. Yeah. So that was just one little nugget of of what I was doing in my life at the time. I was also uh, trying to use that platform to build my record label up because it was always a. a a goal of mine to kind of flip that that character and get someone like a little Kim to come in and be the next. So it was always supposed to be like Miss America, but uh, just flip the next risque. So it would be a risque one, two, three. You know, I, I never had uh, plans to stay in the role. It was just something that I had started. I had an idea for it and um, I quickly got out of it, though. You know, after about, I would say, five years, mm -hmm. I ended up moving to uh, film work, doing more documentaries and and things of that nature. So they didn't have to be disappointed for too long. You produced several uh, documentaries, actually. And so uh, I'm just curious as to how you were able to move in that Lane, was it just, you know, just getting off the off ramp or was it like, 
Well, let's see. I want you to do something else. <laughs> well, the the I had al I had always been a, a writer. I would say my mother was a is a writer. She was a writer, so it came natural for me to just pick up the pen and start writing. But um, in high school, I was the president of the Creative Writers Club, so I've always dabbled in short stories and or poems or just writing period. Um, at the time, I didn't realize that what I was doing was writing songs. I wasn't looking at it as that, but I ended up getting a uh, a scholarship to college for uh, creative writing. And I thought that I would have been a writer. That's what I started you know, thinking I would be a writer. And prior to that, um, prior to college, I had already dabbled in the entertainment industry just because my dad was in the entertainment industry. So show business was always on the table. I just thought it would, for me, it would be behind the scenes. And while I was in college, I was able to meet uh, people who kind of opened some doors for me. And when I graduated college, I was able to meet people in Houston who opened more doors. So, you know, when you get that those types of opportunities, um, you know, you may go into a meeting thinking it's one thing and then you come out and they've opened another door and made a phone call. So that's how that progressed into. And it sounds that, you know, that carried on to, you know, where you are today in terms of pulling together a cadre of different musicians, songwriters to create this wonderful company that is a record label production company. There were a few names that I saw somewhere in the, uh, some of your articles that you have done. Names like uh, Honey La, La, La Rochelle. I met her in New York and uh, mm -hmm. Cali now and uh, Eric um, Keith Robinson. Mm -hmm. And another wonderful songwriter musician. How did you really get them to buy into the concept? Oh, well, that's an excellent question. Um, I actually have, you know, with my background in business, I, I, I always make a proposal. I, I don't just go up to an artist. I always present them with a proposal of what a project is going to be about, the outcome, the expectations. Um, I do a little research prior to seeking out an artist. And then I just present my pitch to see if that artist is is willing to be a part of the project. And I trust me, I've gotten more no's than I've gotten yeses. So it's not a, a, a perfect, it, it's never a perfect pitch. You always have to um, have more than one artist uh, in mind because some, you know, it may be a scheduling conflict or sometimes it's a money conflict to be quite honest. When I'm when I'm writing a song, I will have an artist in mind. And then sometimes, you know, people will uh, refer artists to me. Hey, this is somebody that I think, you know, she's got a good sound or he's got a good sound. Um, you may want to, I want to introduce you to them. So I may be introduced to an artist. With Keith, at the time that he chose to do the song, I was very honored and shocked that he was so willing to work with a, a new producer because you know Keith is up there. He's a he's a big time artist himself. He's a big time actor, and so 
you know, he gave me an opportunity to produce with, you know, produce for him. And he was on the set at the time we were doing this song. So, and we were also in COVID. So we had to do a lot of stuff online. So I didn't get a chance to meet him physically, but we spent so much time Zooming and, and what do you call that, FaceTiming and things of that nature that I felt like I had known him for years. He was a very nice guy. People like Omar, I, you know, I've just been knowing Omar, you know, from the UK. I worked with Don E uh, early in my career. And so one day I said, you know what, I'm going to do a song with Omar one day. And the opportunity just hit it, you know, came about during the pandemic. That was the time that a lot of artists had a lot of downtime and they were, and some of them still are willing to work with lesser known producers, you know, people who are seasoned in, in show business or seasoned in the music business, but it seems like the indies have an opportunity to shine a little bit more since the COVID is taking place. They understand the, the rawness of being an, an indie. At first, you know, they were untouchable, but now they understand, you know, hey, the game has changed. So a lot of the so-called commercial artists have become indie artists and they're a little bit more touchable now. Some of them are newbies that I work with, but I try to look for people who are uh, seasoned and have a good work acumen about themselves and not just in it to say that they have a song, but they actually want to do the work to be an artist because it's very hard work. So that's how that came about. What you're doing now, is this the latest record that you're pushing, Give It Up? Or is it the whole LP, Ten, Ten, Ten of Diamonds? Ten of Diamonds was released in 2020. Okay. And then 2021, I followed up with... Uh, about three new singles um, in 2021. One was called Come Whenever, featuring V, the vocalist. Um, and then the other two were the remixes to Omar, Omar's song. And then this year I came out with a couple of singles, one featuring uh, Taylor Pace, that's Give It Up. And then um, the other one was is featuring uh, Frank McComb. And it's called Don't Want So. And that's another big name. <laughs> I've been knowing Frank for years, really? you know, for years. In fact, his family was intertwined with my family. Okay. Uh, his aunt, uh, we promoted a lot of her records at our record store. I've been knowing him forever. I just never had the opportunity to put together something that I thought was worthy of his talent until now. What I wanted to talk to you about now is um, well, what's what's next for Dawn McGee and Glow exceptionally uh, musically? Well, you know, I, I get that question a lot about what's next. And it's all for an indie company and an indie artist like Glow or my company, Archive. It's never a next. You always have to promote that which you've already created because it did not cross over to the commercial side. So what's next is the still promotion of what you've created and then possibly some a couple of more new nuggets to add to that. I've got a record 
that I cut with Kurt Jones. Uh, Kurt Jones used to be a member of Slave, Aura, and Deja. He had some number one singles like Are You Single and Why Don't You Make Up Your Mind? And so he's still doing music. And we had cut a record a few years back that I never released. So I'm thinking about going back and, and getting some of those uh, songs out of the archives and uh, updating some of that music and just putting those artists back out on the table who are in my position. They're all indie artists. They still have something to offer the music business. Um, they understand the, the legwork that it takes to, to actually grow a record. Uh, they're not uh, too, say, big just because they have, have had uh, success in the music business. They're not too big to give an interview, a Zoom interview, or do a radio drop or things of that nature. Those are the types of artists that I want to work with, not the people who feel like... Uh, they don't have to work. You actually have to work. You have to crawl before you walk in this industry. Still, the formula is still the same. And that's who I'm, I'm more interested in. So that will come. I know I'm going to release a couple of nuggets from the archives um, next year. And then I'm working on some new material as well. So Don, we talked about a lot of things today and I just wanted to know, is there anything else that you'd like to say um, about anything that we didn't talk about today before we leave? Well, I want your, um, I want your audience to know that GLOW exists and that they can always go to glow-music.com um, and buy our, all of, the singles that we've put out. Uh, subscribing to the YouTube page under Glow Music Productions is very important that we get that those subscribers up. So uh, supporting that and following us on IG under Glow Music underscore official under IG or Glow Music underscore official on Facebook. Following us and, and just sharing our content is something there for every listener, pop. Uh, all genres are represented with GLOW, except for rap. <laughs> I, I haven't delved off into the rap world with GLOW, but I wanted to thank you for having me. Well, I want to say that it's been a true pleasure to talk to you and for you to be so open. And I look forward to you know speaking to you again, especially when the new record drops, if not soon. Okay. Got it. So there you have it, ladies and gentlemen. This is Dawn McGee, all the way from the Star State of Texas. Dallas, Texas. There it is, Dallas, Texas. Well, thank everyone for tuning in to another edition of City Beat TV, and we look to see you on our next edition as we say goodbye to Miss Dawn McGee. Have a great day. Bye.